May of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1665. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1665, by Samuel Pepys. May, 1665. May 1st. Up and to Mr. Povey's, and by his bedside talked a good while. Among other things, he do much insist, I perceive, upon the difficulty of getting of money, and would fain have me to concur in the thinking of some other way of disposing of the place of treasurer to one Mr. Bell, but I did seem slight of it, and resolved to try to do the best, or to give it up. Thence to the Duke of Albemarle, where I was sorry to find myself to come a little late, and so home, and at noon going to the change I met my Lord Brunkard, Sir Robert Murray, Dean Wilkins, and Mr. Hook, going by coach to Colonel Blunt's to dinner. So they stopped and took me with them. Landed at the Tower Wharf, and thence by water to Greenwich, and there coaches met us, and to his house, a very stately site for situation and brave plantations, and among others a vineyard, the first that ever I did see. No extraordinary dinner, nor any other entertainment good, but only after dinner, to the trial of some experiments about making of coaches easy, and several we tried, but one did prove mighty easy, not here for me to describe, but the whole body of the coach lies upon one long spring, and we all, one after another, rid in it, and it is very fine and likely to take. These experiments were the intent of their coming, and pretty they are. Thence back by coach to Greenwich, and in his pleasure boat to Deptford, and there stopped and into Mr. Evelyn's, which is a most beautiful place, but it being dark and late, I stayed not. But Dean Wilkins and Mr. Hook and I walked to Redriff, and noble discourse all day long did please me, and it being late did take them to my house to drink, and did give them some sweetmeats, and then sent them with a lantern home, two worthy persons as are in England, I think, or the world. So to my Lady Batten, where my wife is to-night, and so after some merry talk, home and to bed. Second. Up and to the office all day, where sat late, and then to the office again, and by and by Sir W. Batten, and my lady, and my wife, and I, by appointment yesterday, my lady Pen failed us, who ought to have been with us, to the Rhenish wine-house at the steel-yard, and there eat a couple of lobsters and some prawns, and pretty merry, especially to see us four together, while my wife and my lady did never intend ever to be together again, after a year's distance between one another. Hither, by and by, comes Sir Richard Ford, and also Mrs. Esther, that lived formerly with my lady Batten, now well married to a priest, come to see my lady, thence toward evening home, and to my office, where late, and then home to supper and to bed. Third, up betimes and walked to Sir Phil Warwick's, where a long time with him in his chamber alone, talking of Sir G. Carteret's business, and the abuses he puts on the nation by his bad payments to both our vexations, but no hope of remedy for aught I see. Thence to my Lord Ashley, to a committee of Tangier, for my Lord Rutherford's accounts, and that done, we to my Lord Treasurer's, where I did receive my Lord's warrant to Sir R. Long, for drawing a warrant for my striking of tallies. So to the inn again by Cripplegate, expecting my mother's coming to town, but she is not come this week neither, the coach being too full. So to the change, and thence home to dinner, and so out to Gresham College, and saw a cat killed with the Duke of Florence's poison, and saw it proved that the oil of tobacco, drawn by one of the society, do the same effect, and is judged to be the same thing with the poison both in colour and smell and effect. I saw also an abortive child preserve fresh in spirits of salt. Thence parted, and to Whitehall to the council chamber about an order touching the navy, are being empowered to commit seamen or masters that do not, being hired or pressed, follow their work. 
but they could give us none. So a little vexed at that, because I put in the memorial to the Duke of Albemarle alone under my own hand, home, and after some time at the office, home to bed. My Lord Chief Justice Hyde did die suddenly this week, a day or two ago, of an apoplexy. Fourth. Up and to the office, where we sat busy all the morning, at noon home to dinner, and then to the office again all day till almost midnight, and then weary, home to supper, and to bed. Fifth. Up betimes, and by water to Westminster, there to speak the first time with Sir Robert Long, to give him my privy seal and my Lord Treasurer's order for Tangier tallies. He received me kindly enough. Thence home by water, and presently down to Woolwich and back to Blackwall, and there viewed the breach in order to a mass dock, and so to Deptford to the Globe, where my Lord Brunkard, Sir J. Minnes, Sir W. Batten, and Commissioner Pett were at dinner, having been at the breach also. But they find it will be too great charge to make use of it. After dinner to Mr. Evelyn's, he being abroad, we walked in his garden, and a lovely noble ground he hath indeed, and among other rarities, a hive of bees, so as being hived in glass, you may see the bees making their honey and combs mighty pleasantly. Thence home, and I by and by to Mr. Povis to see him, who is yet in his chamber not well, and thence by his advice to one Lovett's, a varnisher, to see his manner of new varnish, but found not him at home, but his wife, a very beautiful woman, who shewed me much variety of admirable work, and is in order to my having of some papers fitted with his lines for my use for tables and the like. I know not whether I was more pleased with the thing, or that I was shewed it by her, but resolved I am to have some made. So home to my office late, and then to supper and to bed. My wife tells me that she hears that my poor Aunt James hath had her breast cut off here in town, her breast having long been out of order. This day, after I had suffered my own hair to grow long, in order to wearing it, I find the convenience of periwigs is so great that I have cut off all short again, and will keep to periwigs. Sixth. Up and all day at the office, but a little at dinner, and there late till past twelve. So home to bed, pleased as I always am, after I have read a great deal of work, it being very satisfactory to me. Seventh. Lord's Day. Up and to church with my wife, home and dined. After dinner come Mr. Andrews, and spent the afternoon with me, about our tangier business of the victuals, and then parted, and after sermon comes Mr. Hill and a gentleman, a friend of his, one Mr. Scott, that sings well also, and then comes Mr. Andrews, and we all sung and supped, and then to sing again, and pass the Sunday very pleasantly and soberly, and so I to my office a little, and then home to prayers and to bed. Yesterday begun my wife to learn to limb of one brown, which Mr. Hill helps her to, and, by her beginning upon some eyes, I think she will do very fine things, and I shall take great delight in it. Eighth. Up very betimes, and did much business before I went out with several persons, among others Captain Taylor, who would leave the management of most of his business, now he is going to Harwich, upon me, and if I can get money by it, which I believe it will, I shall take some of it upon me. Thence with Sir W. Batten to the Duke of Albemarle's, and there did much business, and then to the change, and thence off with Sir W. Warren to an ordinary, where we dined and sat talking of most useful discourse till five in the afternoon, and then home, and very busy till late, and so home, and to bed. Ninth. Up betimes, and to my business at the office, where all the morning. At noon comes Mrs. Thea Turner, and dines with us, and my wife's painting-master stayed and dined, and I take great pleasure in thinking that my wife will really come to something in that business. Here dined also Llewellyn. So after dinner to my office, and there very busy till almost midnight, and so home to supper and to bed. 
This day we have news of eight ships being taken by some of ours going into the Texel. There are two men of war that convoyed them running in. They come from about Ireland, round to the north. 10th. Up betimes and abroad to the cockpit, where the Duke did give Sir W. Batten and me an account of the late taking of eight ships, and of his intent to come back to the gun-fleet, with the fleet presently, which creates us much work and haste therein, against the fleet comes. So to Mr. Povey, and after discourse with him, home, and thence to the guard in Southwark, there to get some soldiers, by the Duke's order, to go keep pressmen on board our ships. So to the change, and did much business, and then home to dinner, and there find my poor mother come out of the country to-day in good health, and I am glad to see her, but my business, which I am sorry for, keeps me from paying the respect I ought to her at her first coming, she being grown very weak in her judgment, and doting again in her discourse, through age and some trouble in her family. I left her and my wife to go abroad to buy something, and then I to my office. In the evening, by appointment, to Sir W. Warren and Mr. Deering at a tavern hard by, with intent to do some good upon their agreement in a great bargain of planks. So home to my office again, and then to supper and to bed, my mother being in bed already. Eleventh, up betimes and at the office all the morning. At home dined, and then to the office all day till late at night, and then home to supper, weary with business, and to bed. Twelfth, up betimes and find myself disappointed in my receiving presently of my fifty pounds, I hoped for sure of Mr. Warren upon the benefit of my press warrant, but he promises to make it good. So by water to the exchequer, and there up and down through all the offices to strike my tallies for seventeen thousand five hundred pounds, which methinks is so great a testimony of the goodness of God to me, that I, from a mean clerk there, should come to strike tallies myself for that sum, and in the authority that I do now, is a very stupendous mercy to me. I shall have them struck to-morrow, but to see how every little fellow looks after his fees, and to get what he can for everything, is a strange consideration. The king's fees that he must pay himself for this seventeen thousand five hundred pounds coming to above a hundred pounds. Thence call my wife at unthanks to the new exchange and elsewhere to buy a lace band for me, but we did not buy, but I find it so necessary to have some handsome clothes that I cannot but lay out some money thereupon. To the change, and thence to my watchmaker, where he has put it in order, and a good and brave piece it is, and he tells me worth fourteen pounds, which is a greater present than I valued it. So home to dinner, and after dinner come several people, among others my cousin Thomas Pepys of Hatcham, to receive some money of my Lord Sandwiches, and there I paid him what was due to him upon my uncle's score, but contrary to my expectation, did get him to sign and seal to my sale of lands for payment of debts. So that now I reckon myself in better condition by one hundred pounds in my content than I was before, when I was liable to be called to an account and others after me by my uncle Thomas or his children for every foot of land we had sold before. This I reckon a great good fortune in the getting of this done. He gone, come Mr. Povey, Dr. Twiston, and Mr. Lawson about settling my security in the paying of the four thousand pounds ordered to Sir J. Lawson. So a little abroad and then home, and late at my office and closet, settling this day's disordering of my papers, then to supper and to bed. Thirteenth. Up and all day in some little gruntings of pain, as I used to have from wind, arising, I think, from my fasting so long and want of exercise, and I think going so hot in clothes, the weather being hot, and the same clothes I wore all winter, to the change after office and receive my watch from the watchmaker, and a very fine one it is, given me by Briggs the Scrivener. Home to dinner, and then I abroad to the Attorney-General, about advice upon the Act for Land Carriage, 
which she desired not to give me before I had received the king's and council's order therein. Going home bespoke the king's works will cost me fifty shillings, I believe. So home and late at my office. But, Lord, to see how much of my old folly and childishness hangs upon me still, that I cannot forbear carrying my watch and my hand in the coach all this afternoon, and seeing what o'clock it is one hundred times. And I'm apt to think with myself, how could I be so long without one? Though I remember since I had one, and found it a trouble, and resolved to carry one no more about me while I lived. So home to supper and to bed, being troubled at a letter from Mr. Chumley from Tangier, wherein he do advise me how people are at work to overthrow our victualling business, by which I shall lose three hundred pounds per annum. I am much obliged to him for this secret kindness, and concerned to repay it him in his own concernments, and look after this. Fourteenth, Lord's Day. Up and with my wife to church, it being Whitsunday. My wife very fine, in a new yellow bird's-eye hood, as the fashion is now. We had a most sorry sermon. So home to dinner, my mother having her new suit brought home, which makes her very fine. After dinner, my wife and she and Mercer to Thomas Pepys's wife's christening of his first child, and I took a coach, and to Wanstead, the house where Sir H. Mildmay died, and now Sir Robert Brooks lives, having bought it of the Duke of York, it being forfeited to him. A fine seat, but an old-fashioned house, and being not full of people, looks desolately. Thence to Walthamstow, where, failing at the old place, Sir W. Batten by and by come home, I walking up and down the house and garden with my lady very pleasantly. Then to supper very merry, and then back by coach by dark night. I, all the afternoon in the coach, reading the treasonous book of the court of King James, printed a great while ago, and worth reading, though ill-intended. As soon as I come home, upon a letter from the Duke of Albemarle, I took boat at about twelve at night, and down the river in a galley, my boy and I, down to the Hope, and so up again, sleeping and waking, with great pleasure. My business to call upon every one of fifteenth, our victualling ships to set them a-going, and so home, and after dinner to the King's Playhouse all alone, and saw Love's Mistress. Some pretty things, and good variety in it, but no or little fancy in it. Thence to the Duke of Albemarle to give him account of my day's works, where he shewed me letters from Sir G. Downing of four days' date, that the Dutch are come out and joined, well manned, and resolved to board our best ships, and fight for certain they will. Thence to the Swan at Herbert's, and there the company of Sarah a little while, and so away, and called at the Harp and Ball, where the maid Mary is very formosa. But, Lord, to see in what readiness I am, upon the expiring of my vows this day, to begin to run into all my pleasures and neglect of business. Thence home, and being sleepy, to bed. Sixteenth. Up betimes, and to the Duke of Albemarle, with an account of my yesterday's actions in writing. So back to the office, where all the morning very busy. After dinner by coach, to see and speak with Mr. Povey, and after little discourse, back again home. We're busy upon letters till past twelve at night, and so home to supper, and to bed, weary. Seventeenth. Up and by appointment to a meeting of Sir John Lawson and Mr. Chumley's attorney, and Mr. Povey at the Swan Tavern at Westminster, to settle their business about my being secured in the payment of money to Sir J. Lawson in the other's absence. Thence at Langford's, where I never was since my brother died there, I find my wife and Mercer having with him agreed upon two rich silk suits for me, which is fit for me to have. But yet the money is too much, I doubt, to lay out altogether. But it is done, and so let it be, it being the expense of the world that I can the best bear with, and the worst spare. Thence home, and after dinner to the office, where late, and so home to supper and to bed. Sir J. Minnes and I had an angry bout this afternoon with Commissioner Pett about his neglecting his duty, and absenting himself, unknown to us, from his place at Chatham, 
but a most false man I every day find him more and more, and in this very full of equivocation. The fleet we doubt not come to Harwich by this time. Sir W. Batten is gone down this day thither, and the Duchess of York went down yesterday to meet the Duke. 18th. Up and with Sir J. Minnes to the Duke of Albemarle, where we did much business, and I with good content to myself. Among other things we did examine Nixon and Stainsby about their late running from two Dutchmen, for which they are committed to a vessel to carry them to the fleet to be tried, a most foul and handsome thing as ever was heard for plain cowardice on Nixon's part. Thence with the Duke of Albemarle in his coach to my Lord Treasurer, and there was before the King, whoever now calls me by my name, and Lord Chancellor and many other great lords, discoursing about insuring of some of the King's goods, wherein the King accepted of my motion that we should, and so away, well pleased. To the office and dined, and then to the office again, and abroad to speak with Sir G. Carteret. But, Lord, to see how frail a man I am, subject to my vanities, that can hardly forbear, though pressed with never so much business, my pursuing of pleasure, but home I got, and there very busy, very late. Among other things, consulting with Mr. Andrews about our Tangier business, wherein we are like to meet with some trouble, and my Lord Bellasses endeavour to supplant us, which vexes my mind. But, however, our undertaking is so honourable, that we shall stand a tug for it, I think. So home to supper, and to bed. 19th. Up into Whitehall, where the committee for Tangier met, and there, though the case as to the merit of it was most plain, and most of the company favourable to our business, yet it was with much ado that I got the business not carried fully against us, but put off to another day, my Lord Arlington being the great man in it, and I was sorry to be found arguing so greatly against him. The business, I believe, will in the end be carried against us, and the whole business fall. I must therefore endeavour the most I can to get money another way. It vexed me to see Creed so hot against it, but I cannot much blame him, having never declared to him my being concerned in it. But that that troubles me most is my Lord Arlington calls to me privately, and asks me whether I had ever said to anybody that I desired to leave this employment, having not time to look after it. I told him no, for that the thing being settled it will not require much time to look after it. He told me then he would do me right to the king, for he had been told so, which I desired him to do and by and by he called me to him again, and asked me whether I had no friend about the Duke, asking me, I making a stand, whether Mr. Coventry was not my friend. I told him I had received many friendships from him. He then advised me to procure that the Duke would in his next letter write to him to continue me in my place, and remove any obstruction, which I told him I would, and thanked him. So parted, vexed at the first, and amazed at this business of my Lord Arlington's. Thence to the Exchequer, and there got my tallies for £17,500, the first payment I ever had out of the Exchequer, and at the leg spent fourteen shillings upon my old acquaintance, some of them the clerks, and away home with my tallies in a coach, fearful every step of having one of them fall out or snatch from me. Being come home, I, much troubled, out again by coach, for company taking Sir W. Warren with me, intending to have spoke to my Lord Arlington to have known the bottom of it, but missed him and afterwards discoursing the thing as a confidant to Sir W. Warren, he did give me several good hints and principles not to do anything suddenly, but consult my pillow upon that and every great thing of my life, before I resolve anything in it. Away back home, and not being fit for business, I took my wife and Mercer down by water to Greenwich at eight at night, it being very fine and cool, and moonshine afterward. Mighty pleasant passage it was. There eat a cake or two, and so home by ten or eleven at night, and then to bed, my mind not settled what to think. Twentieth. Up into my office, where busy all the morning, 
At noon dined at home, and to my office, very busy. 21st. Till past one, Lord's Day, in the morning, writing letters to the fleet and elsewhere, and my mind eased of much business, home to bed, and slept till late. So up, and this day is brought home one of my new silk suits, the plain one, but very rich Camelot and noble. I tried it, and it pleases me, but did not wear it, being I would not go out to-day to church. So laid it by, and my mind changed, thinking to go see my lady sandwich, and I did go a little way, but stopped and returned home to dinner. After dinner, up to my chamber to settle my Tangier accounts, and then to my office, there to do the like with other papers. In the evening, home to supper, and to bed. 22nd. Up and down to the ships, which now are hindered from going down to the fleet, to our great sorrow and shame, with their provisions, the wind being against them. So to the Duke of Albemarle, and thence down by water to Deptford, it being Trinity Monday, and so the day of choosing the master of Trinity House, for the next year where to my great content I find that, contrary to the practice and design of Sir W. Batten, to break the rule and custom of the company in choosing their masters by succession, he would have brought in Sir W. Ryder or Sir W. Penn over the head of Hurliston, who is a knave too besides, I believe. The younger brothers did all oppose it against the elder, and with great heat did carry it for Hurliston, which I know will vex him to the heart. Thence, the election being over, to church, where an idle sermon from that conceited fellow, Dr. Britton, saving that his advice to unity, and laying aside all envy and enmity among them, was very apposite. Thence walked to Redriff, and so to the Trinity House, and a great dinner, as is usual, and so to my office, where busy all the afternoon till late, and then home to bed, being much troubled in mind for several things. First, for the condition of the fleet for lack of provisions, the blame this office lies under, and the shame that they deserve to have brought upon them for the ships not being gone out of the river, and then for my business of Tangier, which is not settled, and lastly for fear that I am not observed to have attended the office business of late as much as I ought to do, though there has been nothing but my attendance on Tangier that has occasioned my absence, and that of late not much. 23rd. Up and at the office, busy all the morning. At noon dined alone, my wife and mother being gone by invitation, to dine with my mother's old servant, Mr. Cordery, who made them very welcome. So to Mr. Povis, where after a little discourse about his business, I home again, and late at the office busy. Late comes Sir Arthur Ingram to my office, to tell me that, by letters from Amsterdam of the 28th of this month, their style, the Dutch fleet, being about one hundred men of war, besides fire-ships, etc., did set out upon the 23rd and 24th instant being divided into seven squadrons, viz. 1. General Opdam, 2. Cottenar of Rotterdam, 3. Trump, 4. Schram of Horn, 5. Stillingworth of Friesland, 6. Everson, 7. One other, not named, of Zealand. 24th. Up and by four o'clock in the morning, and with W. Hewer, there till twelve without intermission, putting some papers in order. Thence to the coffee-house, with Creed, where I have not been a great while, where all the news is of the Dutch being gone out, and of the plague growing upon us in this town, and of remedies against it, some saying one thing, some another. So home to dinner, and after dinner Creed and I to Colville's, thinking to shew him all the respect we could by obliging him in carrying him five tallies of five thousand pounds, to secure him for so much credit he has formerly given Povey to Tangier. But he, like an impertinent fool, cavils at it, but most ignorantly that ever I heard man in my life." At last Mr. Viner by chance comes, who I find a very moderate man, but could not persuade the fool to reason, but brought away the tallies again, and so vexed to my office, where late, and then home to my supper, and to bed. 25th. Up into the office, where all the morning, 
At noon dined at home, and then to the office all the afternoon, busy till almost twelve at night, and then home to supper, and to bed. 26th. Up at four o'clock, and all the morning in my office with W. Hewer, finishing my papers that were so long out of order, and at noon to my booksellers, and there bespoke a book or two, and so home to dinner, where Creed dined with me, and he and I afterwards to Alderman Backwell's, to try him about supplying us with money, which he denied at first and last also, saving that he spoke a little fairer at the end than before. But the truth is, I do fear, I shall have a great deal of trouble in getting of money. Thence home, and in the evening by water, to the Duke of Albemarle, whom I found mightily off the hooks, that the ships are not gone out of the river, which vexed me to see, insomuch that I am afeard that we must expect some change or addition of new officers brought upon us, so that I must from this time forward resolve to make myself appear eminently serviceable in attending at my office duly and nowhere else, which makes me wish with all my heart that I had never anything to do with this business of Tangier. After a while at my office, home to supper vexed, and to bed. 27th. Up and to the office, where all the morning. At noon dined at home, and then to my office again, where late, and so to bed, with my mind full of fears for the business of this office, and troubled with that of Tangier, concerning which Mr. Povey was with me, but do give me little help, but more reason of being troubled, so that were it not for our Plymouth business, I would be glad to be rid of it. 28th. Lord's Day. By water to the Duke of Albemarle, where I hear that Nixon is condemned to be shot to death for his cowardice by a council of war. Went to chapel and heard a little music, and there met with Creed, and with him a little while walking, and to Wilkinson's for me to drink, being troubled with wind, and at noon to Sir Philip Warwick's to dinner, where abundance of company come in unexpectedly. And here I saw one pretty piece of household stuff, as the company increaseth, to put a larger leaf upon an oval table. After dinner much good discourse with Sir Philip, who I find, I think, a most pious good man, and a professor of a philosophical manner of life and principles like Epictetus, whom he cites in many things. Thence to my Lady Sandwich's, where, to my shame, I had not been a great while before. Here, upon my telling her a story of my Lord Rochester's running away on Friday night last with Mrs. Mallet, the great beauty and fortune of the North, who had supped at Whitehall with Mrs. Stewart, and was going home to her lodgings with her grandfather, my Lord Haley, by coach, and was at Charing Cross seized on by both horse and footman, and forcibly taken from him, and put into a coach with six horses, and two women provided to receive her, and carried away. Upon immediate pursuit, my Lord of Rochester, for whom the King had spoke to the lady often, but with no success, was taken at Uxbridge, but the lady is not yet heard of, and the King mighty angry, and the Lord sent to the tower. Hereupon my lady did confess to me as a great secret, her being concerned in this story. For if this match breaks between my Lord Rochester and her, then, by the consent of all her friends, my Lord Hinchingbrook stands fair, and is invited for her. She is worth, and will be at her mother's death, who keeps but a little from her, two thousand five hundred pounds per annum. Pray God give a good success to it. But my poor lady, who is afeard of the sickness, and resolved to be gone into the country, is forced to stay in town a day or two, or three, about it, to see the event of it. Thence home, and to see my lady Penn, where my wife and I were shown a fine rarity, of fishes kept in a glass of water, that will live so for ever, and finely marked they are, being foreign. So to supper at home, and to bed, after many people being with me about business, among others the two Bellamys about their old debt due to them from the king for their victualling business, out of which I hope to get some money. Twenty-ninth. Lay long in bed, being in some little pain of the wind colic, then up and to the Duke of Albemarle, and so to the Swan, and there drank at Herbert's, and so by coach home, it being kept a great holiday through the city, for the birth and restoration of the king. 
to my office, where I stood by and saw Simpson the joiner do several things, little jobs, to the rendering of my closet handsome, and the setting up of some neat plates that Burston has for my money made me, and so home to dinner. And then with my wife, mother, and Mercer in one boat, and I in another down to Woolwich, I walking from Greenwich, the others going to and fro upon the water till my coming back, having done but little business. So home and to supper, and weary to bed. We have everywhere taken some prizes. Our merchants have good luck to come home safe, colliers from the north, and some straitsmen just now. And our Hambram ships, of whom we were so much afeard, are safe in Hambra. Our fleet resolved to sail out again from Harwich in a day or two. Thirtieth. Lay long and very busy all the morning, at noon to the change, and thence to dinner to Sir G. Carteret's, to talk upon the business of insuring our goods upon the Hambra ships. Here a very fine, neat French dinner, without much cost, we being all alone with my lady, and one of the house with her. Thence home and wrote letters, and then in the evening by coach, with my wife and mother and Mercer, our usual tour by coach, and eat at the old house at Islington. But, Lord, to see how my mother found herself talk upon every object to think of old stories. Here I met with one that tells me that Jack Cole, my old schoolfellow, is dead and buried lately of a consumption, who was a great crony of mine. So back again home, and there to my closet to write letters. Here to my great trouble that our Hamborough ships, valued of the king's goods and the merchants, though but little of the former, to two hundred thousand pounds, are lost. By and by, about eleven at night, called into the garden by my lady Penn and daughter, and there walked with them and my wife till almost twelve, and so in and closed my letters, and home to bed. Thirty-first. Up into my office, and to Westminster, doing business till noon, and then to the change, where great the noise and trouble of having our Hamborough ships lost, and that very much placed upon Mr. Coventry's forgetting to give notice to them of the going away of our fleet from the coast of Holland. But all without reason, for he did. But the merchants not being ready, stayed longer than the time ordered for the convoy to stay, which was ten days. Thence home with Creed and Mr. Moore to dinner. Anon we broke up, and Creed and I to discourse about our Tangier matters of money, which vexed me. So to Gresham College, stayed a very little while, and away, and I home busy, and busy late at the end of the month, about my month's accounts. But by the addition of Tangier it is rendered more intricate, and so, which I have not done these twelve months, nor would willingly have done now, failed of having it done. But I will do it as soon as I can. So weary and sleepy to bed. I endeavoured but missed of seeing Sir Thomas Ingram at Westminster, so went to Houseman's the painter, who I intend shall draw my wife, but he was not within, but I saw several very good pictures. End of May